0: Books can take us around the world, they can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Stephen Kravitz.
1: And this is People of the Book. We've got a full show today, a number of books that I've read and would like to talk about, and then we'll be joined by a good friend of the station, Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House, In about 20 minutes time to look at some of the big titles that they are publishing here in South Africa. Starting off with, we'll go to historical fiction for two titles. The first book is called The Age of Light. And it is historical fiction. It's based on real people. One cool day in 1929, Lee Miller arrives in Bohemian Paris to pursue her dream of being an artist, having left behind a successful modelling career at Vogue magazine. Gorgeous and talented, she catches the eye of renowned surrealist artist Man Ray and convinces him to hire her as his assistant. Man is an egotistical, charismatic force and soon their personal and professional lives become intimately entwined. As Lee begins to assert herself and moves from being a muse to an artist, man's jealousy spirals, that's man raised jealousy, spirals out of control and their mutual betrayals threaten to destroy them both. Like well-trained children at the dinner table, muses are generally meant to be seen, not heard. And looking at Lee Miller was enough to captivate legendary men. Her cool blonde beauty painted by Picasso, moulded into a living statue by Jean Cocteau, and immortalized most famously in hundreds of photographs by her lover and collaborator, Man Ray. Except she was also, as, um, Whitney Scherer, the author, shows, and so well in this rich historical fiction, Lee Miller was also entirely inconveniently human, a born creator driven to become the agent of her own destiny and the artist she wanted to see. In part, that meant turning her own lens on the brutal truths of World War II as one of the rare female correspondents in the field, though those indelible images are just one aspect of a remarkable life that Whitney Scherer, the author of The Age of Light, Aims to rescue from the margins of history in this artful debut. Born to, wealthy but emotionally remote fa- born to a wealthy but emotionally remote family in upstate New York at the turn of the 19th into the 20th century, Lee Miller found an escape through modelling for the pages of Vogue magazine, and by 1929 made her way to Paris, where Man Ray, who was 17 years older than her and already famous, became her employer, and then much more. What they created together, in and out of the studio, felt like the first true partnership of Lee's life, until a gross betrayal showed her otherwise. Whatever reams of research Shara put into excavating Miller's story, she distills here into clean, consistently evocative prose. The glittering Bohemia of 1930s Paris, the pastoral boredom of mid-60s Sussex, the hollowed-out carnage of post-war Europe, all come equally alive on the page, as do iconic figures like Ray and uh, other members of the Bohemian Paris set. But none breathe more vividly than Lee Miller herself. This is great historic f- fiction. Uh, it's a sweeping debut about a love affair amidst the smoky cabarets, opium dens, and surrealist parties of 1930s Paris. We'll be back with a few more books straight after this ad break. The book of love is
0: This is People of the Book with Stephen Crovitz.
1: And the next book we're going to look at also in, um, historical fiction. It's actually very difficult to call it historical fiction. It's almost, uh, almost dramatized actual history. It's a short book. It's written, it was written, originally written in French. The author, Eric Roulard, is a French writer and a filmmaker. The book is called The Order of the Day, and it was the winner of the 2017 Prix Goncourt, which is France's most prestigious literary award for fiction. And it was translated into English, and it's been published earlier this year. So it is quite a recent Uh, French literary uh, sensation but it's now available in English. It's a very short book it's really more a novella more than a a novel but it's a very powerful book and it actually looks at history uh, as much as it looks at a period of history for all the millions of words that have been written about the Second World War there's an extraordinary level of agreement that much of the of but much of the history and the historical narrative of the time the rise of nazism in germany in the 1930s for example is nearly always seen as inexorable and unstoppable this understanding of history is however challenged in eric voulard's book the order of the day uh, but then the book was already a bestseller in france before it won the 27 2017 pre Um It's It's sold so well In France partly because it is a Tightly paced and gripping read Also Because it is Supposed to be a book about the present As well as the past Most precisely, Villard demonstrates that the history of Germany during the 1930s is not quite as clear-cut as we often believe it to be, and that there was indeed nothing truly inevitable about the Nazi's march on political power, a series of accidents, coincidences and blunders, rather than the implementation of a fully formed master plan. Villard tells his version of the story with a delicate craftsmanship of a miniaturist. The book is short and can easily be read in an afternoon. He chooses to look at the Nazis with two telling instances or specific historical uh, events. The first of these is set on the 20th of February 1933, three weeks after Hitler had been installed as Chancellor of Germany. Although most people did not then know it, this grey and cold morning... Monday morning was, as the author says, not just any other day in Berlin. At a private meeting in Hermann Göring's official residence, 24 of Germany's leading industrialists and bankers gathered for a meeting with the Nazi high command to hear about the future of their country. The meeting began with Göring making the case that the Nazi party, which was penniless, needed funds to fight the coming elections, which all being well, could be the last for a century. Hitler then entered the scene, smiling, relaxed, affable, even friendly. He gave a lengthy speech explaining his political philosophy. The men were then asked to make donations to the party and its cause, which they did. And this is a quote, like 24 calculating machines at the gates of hell. And the cover of the book is a picture of one of those 24 industrialists, um, Gustav Krupp von Moden, uh, and it's a picture of him standing, dressed in 1933, in the street, looking at you. The second part of the book, which is longer and more intricate, describes the Nazi occupation of Austria what we now know of as the Anschluss, beginning with Hitler's violent intimidation of the Austrian Chancellor Kurt von Schusnick at the Führer's Alpine Lodge in February 1938 and concluding with the German advance towards Vienna on the 12th of March. The focus here is accidents of fate. Far from being a demonstration of German military strength, the advance was slow and lumbering. Only half-jokingly, Vullard offers astrology as a possible explanation for the chaos. This rare side is characteristic of Lard's dry and ironic style. Although the book has been described as non-fiction, it is not straightforward non-fiction, which is why it won the Prix Goncourt, which is France's most prestigious prize for fiction. Instead, the book really takes on a literary form, which is a type of an essay where the author is always present, zooming in and out of facts, details, and marshalling arguments. For this reason, the book becomes very immediate and it presents history in a very, very interesting way, looking back with a lot of post-fact research into how many things had to go wrong in order for... What we view as the history that we now look back at to happen It's a short book It's a very powerful book It most probably isn't going to be on most readers' lists But it for anyone who's interested in history It actually is a very, very powerful book Once you finish the book You go back and you think about it And you view how you understand history In a different sense, in a different way Now, from history, we're going to go to a book which is much more, uh, I suppose, um, spans much greater time frame, I suppose we could say, than just uh, a small little section of history. It's one of those multi-generational books that uh, book loves love and that people will you know, people will really lose themselves in. It's the new Lucinda Riley book. Now, Lucinda Riley is the author of the Seven Sisters series, which has been options to be turned into one of these blockbuster TV series that are, everyone binge watches. The new book is called The Butterfly Room. For nearly 70 years, beautiful Admiral House in Suffolk has been at the heart of Posey Montague's life. But as the magnificent gardens she has created with such love and attention start to become a burden, and the house which holds so many memories starts to crumble, Posey knows that the time has come to sell the home she adores. Lucinda Riley is the internationally renowned author of a raft of best-selling novels, as I mentioned, including the hugely ambitious and unforgettable Seven Sisters series, Times, Seven Sisters Timeslip series, which charts the heritage of seven adopted sisters, and has been optioned as a multi-season TV series. But far from resting on her laurels, Lucinda Riley has been using her considerable talents to pin an utterly enchanting English flavoured multi-generational saga which stars an aging but dazzling leading lady and is set against the stunning backdrop of the Suffolk, Suffolk coastal town of Southwold, brimming with familiar and often hard-hitting domestic issues. And with dark and, tant- and with a dark and tantalizing mystery at its core, the Butterfly Room is yet a beautiful novel, transforming a contemporary drama into an elegantly written and moving pain to family life, love, and the ties that bind us together. It 's two thousand and six, and Widow Posey Montague is fast approaching her seventieth birthday. She's still living in her charming family home, Admiral House, set in the glorious Suffolk countryside, where she spent her own idyllic childhood catching butterflies with her fa- beloved father and raised her two sons. But Posy knows she must make the agonizing decision to sell it. It is here in her early childhood that she shared her father's love for plants and nature and became, um, and became determined to follow in his footsteps as a botanist. We'll be back with more of this review of The Butterfly Room by Lucinda Riley straight after this ad break. The book of love is this is People of the Book with Stephen Crobitz. This is uh, our review of The Butterfly Room by Lucinda Riley. I was just interrupted with the ad break. Uh, just to recap. Uh, It's 2006 and widow Posy Montague is fast approaching her 70th birthday. She's still living in her charming family home, Admiral House, set in the glorious Suffolk countryside where she spent her own idyllic childhood catching butterflies with her beloved father and raised her two sons. But Posy knows she must make the agonizing decision to sell it. It was here in her childhood that she shared her father's love for plants and nature and became determined to follow in his footsteps as a botanist. "'The world is a magical place, and we must all count ourselves lucky to live in it,' he told his daughter. His words have remained with her ever since, even though he died during the war while on active service as a Spitfire pilot, and she was sent by her fragile and grieving mother to live with her country, her grandmother in the Cornish countryside near Bodmin. Despite the memories held inside the house— and exquisite gardens, which she has spent 25 years creating. posy you knows she is living there on borrowed time and must start to seriously consider putting it on the market. But then a face appears from the past and sends a bolt of lightning through her. Retired barrister, Freddie Lomax, was her first and greatest love, the man who mysteriously abandoned her and left her heartbroken 50 years ago. And then there are her two sons uh, who come back into her life and... All of these people make the mix, which is the narrative whirlwind of The Butterfly Room by Lucinda Riley. It's classic Lucinda Riley, and it really pulls you in. The book is a big, thick book, and so you think it will last you for at least two weeks, but after two days, you must probably be turning the last page and waiting for the next Lucinda Riley. It's perfect for book clubs. And that's the the third book that we've looked at today. So I've looked at historical fiction, The Age of Light by Whitney Scherer, and that is about Lee Miller and Man Ray, Bohemian Paris, The Order of the Day by Eric Voulard, which won the 2017 Prix Goncourt in France. It's historical fiction as well, and asks us to think about how how set is were the events that caused our history and in the third book Multi-Generational Family Saga The Butterfly Room by Lucinda Riley and now we're joined in the studio by this Chetty from Penguin Random House who's got a Fabulous list of books that he wants to talk about. It's the books that I've spoken about and the two that I didn't get to yet, which we'll do next week, and all of Viz's titles. And hopefully he'll get through all of them. But if he doesn't, all of the titles he planned to speak about are on our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, search for people of the book, and you'll see the picture covers of all of the books that Viz is going to talk about. And before I hand over to Viz, we do have a giveaway today. It is... The Ian McEwan Machines Like Me, which is also signed by the author. So if you are an Ian McEwan fan and you would like a copy of his latest book, continue listening because this is in the studio from Penguin Random House, the publishers of Ian McEwan. Welcome.
0: Thank you, Stephen. Good morning and good morning to all the listeners. Uh, it's been a while. I think, uh, I'm, I was excited. I was actually thinking about you this week and I thought I haven't been there in a while and then lo and behold you called me yesterday. Um I've got a good list of books this week. Um and I think, uh, something for everyone. I tried to go as broad as possible and I'm even going to talk about the Ian McEwen as well, which is, which is great. So if you, if you don't know anything about it, this is where you're going to uh, know what it's about. Um, the first one, and I, and I, I, I did listen to the interview that you had with this author and this man, uh, Greg Howes, Is a wonderful, wonderful person, I've, I have had the pleasure of spending time with him last year when he was in the country and this is the brand new one. He's been very busy. Uh, when I spoke to him last year he said he's got quite a few things in the pipeline um, and I'm glad that we've got this new one. It has been released already. It's out in the market.
1: Have you read this one? Is brilliant, it? yeah. It's brilliant. Eh? Um, Somehow each one is better than the previous yes, one Yes, right. and I read each one thinking there's no way he can top this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it and then he just gets better and better and the character gets just more and more uh, interesting Interesting to read, and if you don't know it, uh, the first book uh, in the Evan Smoke series was called um, *Orphan X*, um, and the second book was *The Nowhere Man*. Then we did *Hellbent* last year, and then this year, early this year in April, I think this was uh, *Out of the Dark* was released, which is this is one that I'm talking about. Uh, so. A very shady character has become the president of the United States of America, and he is, um, you know, he's wanting to take out all the orphans that are on the program, and um, even in this one, teams up with some old friends and some new friends, and he has to kill the president, and that's the whole premise of the book. He has to take this man out, but how do you take out the most protected man in the world? And that makes for riveting, riveting spy uh, reading, and I, I just love his books. I mean, you go off on holiday, whatever it is, you pick out, pick it up. It's going to be a good read for sure. Uh, so that's a brand new Greg Ho. It's uh, out of the dark, and that's out in stores already.
1: And on the Facebook page, I put the pictures of Thank all you. four of the orphan X books. So oh, wonderful! Look that's at the great. Facebook page. Yes. Familiarise yourself with the covers because yes. when you go to the bookshop, buy them all.
0: Yes, yes. You know, normally we when, we, when they do these series, we, I normally would say um, you know because sometimes authors are clever in the way they. Where they, where they uh, uh, write the book Where you can pick it up almost anywhere And then go back, it's fine But I would think that with Greg Howard's, I would recommend starting from the beginning Because you'll get a good feel of, of the character of, of Evan Smoke and where he came from um, So I think that if you haven't read Evan Smoke Go back, uh, read the first three And then pick this one up I think that'll be better yeah. Right. And then the next one is My Lovely Wife by Samantha Downing. Um, earlier in the year, I was here, I think j- in Jan, just after a media presentation, this was one of the big debuts for the year from outside, which we thought, um, is really fantastic for a debut and a very promising author. The book is My Lovely Wife by Samantha Downing. And it's about this couple that live in Florida Keys and they, they, um, they, you know, they live the, postcard life, everything, they have lovely kids, they've got good jobs, they're well respected in their community um, but there's a dark secret behind it all and it's I would like to say it's deliciously dark because you, it's quite <laughs> twisted because you get a very normal couple who yeah, at first glance you think these are people you could be friends with, they could be your neighbours from down the road, but they have this really dark secret and it's described as Dexter um Dexter meets um, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, <laughs> so that's quite a, quite a nice description, I think, of the book, um, because they end up killing people, and they. At first, it is almost accidental, and then they enjoy it. And then it turns out, as the book goes on, that the wife, um, as the title would suggest, has more um, uh, to to. She has more to her character than even the husband's led to believe. So it's a really nice thriller. Uh, and then the next one is Dave Eggers. The book is called Parade. Um, personally, I love Dave Eggers, and uh, uh, you know his his work is really, really great, and I think relevant. Uh, this book is about. It's a fictional country that it's set in and uh, these two men are given the task, um, after politi- politics change in this country and they want to, they want to join the two parts of this country up and they want to do it by constructing this road that does that, that joins the two parts of this country. And these two men who come from very, very different backgrounds and they see the world very differently have to work together to build this road. So they have a common goal, but they are very Unfamiliar with each other and they're very different characters, which makes for really, really interesting reading. I mean, the one would just want to do the work and go home. And the other one wants to go out and see uh, what this country has to offer and experience the nightlife. You know, they're very, very different people. Um, and so there's a, there's a nice philosophical angle to this book as well. And that's Day Vegas Parade. Um, then the next one is a non-fiction title by Maria Popova. It's called Figuring. Um, also, uh, one of my personal favorites that I've read in this year. I think it's, it's a very interesting read. She takes you through an entire timeline of, of human history and people that have made... Um Made made us go into different directions at different times for the positive. So she looks at central figures in history, mainly women, but not particularly, uh, mainly women and mainly um, women that have changed the course of history uh, by doing what they have done. So you'll see, you'll read about people from science and art and and politics and everything in between. So it's a it's a fascinating book of human history, but told through the eyes or through the stories, rather, of um, some very interesting people. And it's a lovely
1: read, really, really good. So that's Figuring.
0: It's called Figuring by Maria Popova. Uh, You can't miss it. It's got a big yellow cover, (laughs) so you can't miss it in the store. Um, It's getting wild reviews. I mean, I've been reading uh, some of the reviews that came up on it uh, since its release overseas, and people are really loving it as well. Um, While I'm there, I'm just going to quickly touch on one that's not on your list, and that's the library book. By Susan Orleans. Have you had a chance to, uh, no. read or hear about it at least? She wrote The Orchid Thief or The Orchard Thief. Um, and it was, a f- this book is such a fascinating book. I picked it up recently as well. And it is about the great library fire in um, the early parts, uh, the late parts of the eighties, um, in LA, where about 22 million dollars worth of books were burnt. And it never really got the attention that it's supposed to have got in the media because, um, Chernobyl happened around the same time, right? So Chernobyl took all the news space and this this devastating event, um, and she goes into very personal details about the people that worked in the library, how people ended up getting divorced, at the end of it Because they were So stressed out About the whole thing um, So it's a fascinating book It's out and so It's called The library book um, And then and you also
1: do have It's not on the list either A Chernobyl book as well mm. That's come out From yeah. Penguin Random House yeah. too I'll yeah. be reviewing that next week Oh wonderful Wonderful And then the next one is um, Parisian By Hamad
0: uh, Isabella um, It's also a debut And it's also one of those Debuts that we tipped To be um, a really good one We said we're going to Give it a bit more attention Because it's We believe in, in this project In this book um, and it's also a very, very fascinating book about, um, a man that comes, um, from uh, the Middle East and he ends up living in, um, France at a very specific time. And he's, you know, he sort of goes there and he studies and he, and he, and he ends up, um, falling in love with his boss's daughter, hopelessly in love with her. And, uh, the war breaks out and then he goes back home. And he forgets about her and he marries some woman he never really met. Um, so he just falls into this existence that he was meant to, uh, but that he doesn't necessarily want. Um, so it's also a really, really good, good, good read. If you like historical fiction with a bit of romance in it, it's a good one. It's just called,
1: to, yeah. Just to flesh it out a bit more because yeah, so there's some more very important a lot, details yeah. yeah, But, um, Isabella Hammond has based this book on her great-grandfather who came from Palestine, from the town of Nablus, and he went to live in France, as you said. And then he goes back, so there's the the early part of um, the British, the the end of the Ottoman rule in Palestine, the early part of the British mandate, and a, a Palestinian man... Going to live in France and then coming back. Mm-hmm. So there's all of this Palestinian history woven into this book, The Parisian. Yes. And it's, it's getting, it's getting fabulous reviews all around the world. Yes. Yeah. It's creating quite a name.
0: It is, yes. And she's a, she's a talent. She's a really, really good writer. A beautifully written book. Um, and then The Porpoise by Mark Haddon. Um, it's, it's,
1: um, it's a heavy one, this. I thought, you know, it's a
0: really fascinating read and it,
1: Just to recap, Mark Haddon, everyone knows one of the books he's written, The Curious Incidents of the Dog in the Night. Yes, that was was his uh, ticket to fame, I think. And it's being made into a, a stage production, and it's sold millions and millions of copies. Yes. Uh, but this is a very different book. It's very different from that.
0: Yeah, he's really uh, stepped it up in terms of creativity. But they say it's a retelling of of uh, Pericles.
1: Yeah, per- uh, yeah, Shakespeare. Is,
0: Shakespeare. Yes. yes, which is which he's taken from Greek mythology. It's a, uh, Apollonius, I think it is. So um, you know, we, the writers do that all the time. They recreate stories around ancient ancient myths, and that's fine. It's, it's just the way they do it. So in this book, um, it's about this terrible accident, this plane crash that happens, and this the father, this this young young woman, and her, um, it's just, just before she was born, I think, and the mother passes away, so she never really gets to, to see or meet her mother, and the father locks her away um, and keeps her away from society for a long, long, long time, but also there's, you know, there's themes of sexual abuse in it, so there's that dark part of it, and, um, and she becomes immersed in literature, like she, she just reads and reads, and that's her escape. You know, that's her escape. Um, and one day, um, the story sort of breaks off so, somewhere around in the middle where it becomes like her fantasy her fantasies and imagination of what she believes in the things that she's read sort of meshes in with her reality, which is very interesting after this incident, this terrible thing that happens. And it breaks and then it sort of goes into this fantasy um, period, uh, I wouldn't say period, a section of the book where she, everything is sort of mythologized and, and, uh, you know, she's, it's a very interesting thing of what he does with her character and how she comes through this. Um. Also, when we heard that it was coming up on the list, it was Mark and It's a huge book as well. So, um, but it's a really interesting one. Like, it's one of those ones you haven't so
1: read. I'm reading it at the moment. Are you reading it at the moment? And Good. Good. Yeah. I had to just, uh, you know, who, who has, has ever studied Shakespeare's yeah. more obscure <laughs> plays like yeah. Pericles? Pir- so I went and I researched that before I started reading. Good. I'm not Good. finished, yeah. but I actually have asked, one of your colleagues at Penguin Random House, if they could possibly arrange an interview with Mark Haddon around this book as well. Oh, yes. Okay. Apparently he doesn't, he doesn't do events around the QS incident yeah. of the dog in the nighttime anymore because yeah. it's, it's, he, he wants to be known as more than just the author of that one book. Yes. But it's quite an ambitious retelling of uh, yeah. a more obscure Shakespearean play. Yes. And as you said, there's so many themes that yeah. are drawn into this book. Yes. And the writing is also once again wonderful.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's a great writer. He's such a great writer. Um, and then um, the next one, um, I'm gonna talk about is Runaways by the Runaways by Fatima Bhutto. Right. Um, so this book is um, also quite a quite an interesting one. It's about these three characters, two of which come from Karachi and the other one is in the UK. They come from very different backgrounds. Um, and they are very they, 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 live lives, that, like one comes from a wealthy background, the other one comes from dire poverty, and they all are trying to figure out their place in the world, and it's about them eventually joining ISIS, and, and how their journeys even though different leads them to the same place um very ambitious book but i think for our time also very um very good themes of of you know um, topical as well yeah very topical about teenagers and um, uh, feeling isolated feeling alone and all these things that they go through and what that could lead to so i think there's a very real element to this book which is sometimes at times it's a bit um unnerving uh, but it's also a really good good story about these three young people and their background and their lives that They've uh, uh, lived. So um, again, it's, it's one of those ones that we that just came up and uh, on our list, and we thought, okay, now this is going to be a. Uh, it's got a good read, and I think exclusive books like to this one. Well.
1: And the cover's absolutely beautiful. It's yes, the red, uh, red with the this bird. Indian mana and yes. these geometric shapes yeah. in the background. It's a very striking cover.
0: Exa- and she she has this very unique style. I think as well. It's it's. It's very descriptive in the way she describes things. Um, I wish I had that passage uh, I was reading uh, early on today. It's just so beautiful the way she describes things. It reminded me a little bit of of the way Arundhati Roy describes things in a very obscure way sometimes. So, yeah, I think it's also a good one by Fatima Bhutto. And then uh, The Missing Sister by Dina Jeffries. Um, I think we've we've every time I come here, I usually p- present the new Dina Jeffries because I think she reaches uh, quite a nice audience in South Africa and she's got a good readership here. Um, so this one, like I always say, her stories are always set in the Middle East and she was um, in the Far East and she was born. Um. She was born in, in, in the Far East, and that's why I think her roots take her back there. So this is again, set in the early parts of the 20th century, 1930s. Our main character comes to Burma as a singer. She's always wanted to be a singer, and that was her life goal. And, uh, she comes to Burma, and somehow or the other learns that she, like her, she knows her family used to live there, but what she didn't know was that she had a, a young sister. That she had a sister who she's never met. So, she goes on this, journey with this American journalist who she meets and, uh, you know, obviously sparks fly there as well. And she goes on this journey to to learn about what happened to her family and then obviously what happened to her sister all those years ago. It's beautiful. To so
1: it's such great historical fiction historical Sit fiction. in the exotic Far East. Yes, Burma. We've got more books to discuss with this. We've also got the new Ian McEwan machines like us, a hard a hardback copy of the book, which is signed by the author, to give away. We'll be back straight after this break. The book of love is this is People of the Book with Stephen Crovitz. We are in conversation with Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House. We've got such a great list of books. As I said earlier, all the books that I've mentioned today, and then the full list that Viz has mentioned. The covers of all these books appear on our Facebook page. So go to Facebook, type in People of the Book on 101.9 Chaifem, and then go to Posts, and you'll see the covers of all of these books. Uh, this has selected... Great titles and they all have such beautiful covers. They make for a very, very great <laughs> scroll through good, you know, beautiful covers as well. But the books themselves, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. No, you can't, but we do. <laughs> you know? We do. So the covers are important as well. So yeah. once you've looked at the post, you go to the bookshop, whatever bookshop you go to, you'll recognize the books from their covers and you'll be able to then dive into one of these great books. We've got this giveaway. I haven't spoken, I spoke about Machines Like Us last week. Viz hasn't spoken about it yet today, but it's coming up to almost 18 minutes to 12. So for the giveaway, all you have to do is tell us your name and the title of the book that you're currently reading and the new Ian McEwen Machines Like Us, which is a really important piece of literature mm-hmm. will be yours if you haven't won anything in the last Few months, and you're the first person to send us a WhatsApp or an SMS. The SMS line is three four five one nine. The WhatsApp number is oh six one eight nine five one o one nine. So that's SMS us on three four five one nine, or WhatsApp us, and you should already have saved High FM's WhatsApp number onto your phone long ago. The number there is oh six one eight nine five one o one nine, and put your name and the title of a book that you're currently reading and then you stand a chance to win this beautiful book. It's Ian McEwan's Machines Like Us, and it's quite unique because it is signed by the author. Mm.
0: I think while we're there, let me talk about this now. Um, I picked this one up um, just after our media presentation this year, and I, I thought, you know, I haven't read McEwen in uh, quite a long long while. Um, I missed the last couple. So let me just pick this one up. And And the premise of the story really attracted me to it because of the the, the, the themes of AI and, and what it is. So it's a bit of speculative fiction. Uh, so in this world, I'd like to say in this world, uh, in this world, uh, Turing has lived he, he, he hasn't died. He's lived. It's now the eighties and he's designed these AI robots and he's constructed Adams and Eves 13 and 12, I think it is. So he's created these robots and he sells them, uh, to the public. And our main character, um, he has just Got some money. His mother's passed away, and he inherits the estate, and he has a bit of money. And he's the kind of guy that doesn't really like a regular nine-to-five job, so he does everything he can to to stay out of formal work. So he plays the stock market, and he and he does all these things just to stay out of formal work. Um, and he makes money, and then he spends it very quickly and lavishly. So you know, he's he's kind of a dicey character, and. This book, um, uh, this ca- uh, this uh, uh, news comes out that uh, Turing has sold these these uh, robots, and uh, they're the cutting edge of, and he wants one, so he buys an Adam. And he gets Adam in, and he charges him up, and just as the way he describes um, Adam is so eerie sometimes, you know, I felt it was so creepy. Um, but at the same time, it's a love story, and there's a woman upstairs named Miranda who he's hopelessly fallen in love with. She's ten years his junior, and uh, they sort of date and things like that. But they never really—they're not there yet where they're gonna where he can get more um, from her. Um, So he buys Adam and he has this idea. He thinks, what if he were to give, because he has to input all the settings into this robot. And he says, what if I give her the password and she does half the settings and I do half the settings. And together we almost foster the child. You know, It will be like our thing. Uh, And he does this, I think, in the hopes to get close to her. Um, but the, the the settings that she puts in, he doesn't quite know what she's put in in the beginning, um, and as the book progresses, it slowly becomes a love a, 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 um, a, tr- a love triangle between um, Charlie and Miranda and Adam. And it just gets more and more interesting as the book goes on, and he meets Turing as well. That was a great uh, part of the book when yeah. he actually meets Turing. Um, so I found it fascinating, and I thought, well, you know, well, what if things really did work like this? And he, it, it begs a lot of questions about AI and makes you think about things. And yeah, it's real in that way, you know.
1: Yeah, it's 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 an in, it's an enjoyable read, but it's also a challenging read because yeah. you've got a view, you know, yeah. what is life? Yes. You know, is is life just a, a programmable thing? Or or is it more than that? Yes. You, you even as a reader, you develop yeah. a relationship with yeah. this robot Adam.
0: You're right. It actually makes you question a lot of things. You know, so uh, um, things like they say in the age of AI, um, philosophy will be a very important thing
1: for human beings,
0: and I think that comes through in this book.
1: So it's classic Ian McEwan, classic. but he's taken a speculative fiction turn, yes. which is actually <laughs> very nice because. It, all of a sudden when someone like Ian McEwen standing writes speculative fiction, yeah. the whole, you know, genre, it's like, the cards come in and it, everyone rises up because yes. it's, 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 it's no longer just a genre. That's only for geeks. It's something that everyone will now be reading.
0: Yes, and, and it's McEwen, So you know it's beautifully written. It's very – his delivery, the way he uh, brings these characters together and the way he describes the story, it's a nice flow to it. Um, I think, yeah, whoever wins this book, good luck and enjoy it, and I'm sure you will. Um, so that's Ian McEwen, Machines Like Me. And then the next one is uh, another nonfiction, uh, Upheaval by Jared Diamond. Uh, a lot of favorites. He's a favorite for a lot of people, people who like nonfiction and reading history and science and all these things meshed together. Obviously, everybody will know him from um, uh, Guns, Germs, and Steel. Uh, this is the third book, actually, um, in, in his sort of series. And what it does is it talks about countries that have... Experienced and have went through a tremendous upheaval and conflict and have come out the better on the other side and how they how they've done it or in some cases how they haven't. Um, so it's a really good look at history. It's a good look at countries and 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 how they've progressed. And I think yeah, people who like that sort of genre would love this as well.
1: And it's it's looking at crises in countries. Yes, I know yeah. he deals with Finland because that was occupied by the Soviet Union, yeah. and he deals with Germany and Japan. Indonesia and Japan. Yeah. It doesn't deal with South Africa, but I think there's lots of lessons <laughs> yeah. in other countries that, that we, can we can learn for it, ourselves. Yeah, yes.
0: Absolutely, I think he's a strong, strong, strong author as well. He's one of those guys that. You won't be let down by You know what I mean? He's a good author. Yeah. He's
1: the type of author that Yuval Noah Harari wake up one day and said, I yeah. want to be like Jared yeah. Diamond. Yeah, exactly.
0: I like that. Always, uh, yeah, that's exactly how it is. That's what I felt about him as well. Cause he's such, he's, he's been there forever, you know, and then uh, Harari's come, come along so well now. I, I can't help but think that this, he must have read him and said, you know, <laughs> this is where he's come from. I love it. Uh, so yeah, so upheaval by Jared Diamond. Uh, it's the third part in the series. Um, uh, like I said, you don 't with this one you don 't really have to go back, but if you haven 't read Guns Jones and Steel um, in that genre, that was a huge book. That was a really big, big, big book for him and for the reading community. So I think uh, this book is going to be very enjoyable as well and Then the next one is uh, Kari Mora by Thomas Harris. You'll know him. Uh, he's done the Hannibal Lecter series. He does, g- but of gory and dark and the and the troubling side of humanity very well. Just a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. Uh, so this is about a character named Mora and uh, she is a survivor, and they and they really highlight that uh, throughout the book. You know the fact that what she's been through and to where she is now. Um, is, is, you know she's come a long way, and she only could have come this far. She. If she was strong. So she's got a very strong character. That's the first thing going in. Um, so the story is set, at, it's set in Miami. And under this uh, m- massive beachfront mansion is $25 million worth of gold. It's under there. People have been looking for it for years. And it just so happens that Kari m- Mora ends up working in this uh, house. And... She's working there and there's a man who once has finally tracked down where this gold is and he has to, g- he wants to get to it. But I think he underestimates, um, this, this woman and it's a powerful dark book as well. Did, did you, did you read it?
1: Nah, not you? yet. Is <laughs> it being released already?
0: Uh, no, not yet. That's coming in June, actually. In
1: June. Yeah, so, it's, it's just
0: around the corner. Yeah. Karimura, that's Thomas yeah. Harris, the brand new one. Uh, we, ca- we've got, this year was a good year. I think we, we've got, Big authors, and all of them have something for us. I think there's a Robert Harris coming in as well. Uh, that, that's gonna be, it's called the Second Sleep. Yeah, but we'll talk about it some other time. Um, McEwen as well. So the big authors this year have definitely delivered.
1: We're in conversation with Viz Chetty. We almost finished. I thought it was very ambitious. He had so many titles on the list. I thought we wouldn't get through them. Looks like we will. Uh, but we, we've got to take a break for the ads, and I can see if we've got anyone who's won the Ian McEwen. And we'll be back with more books, more Penguin Random House, great titles straight after this break. The book of love is long and boring. This is People of the Book with Stephen Kralbitz. And we do have a winner. We have one of our listeners who has read... Who's currently reading? Re- currently reading, where the crawdads sing. I Ooh. wanted to review that mm. book today, but I'm going to have to wait until next week. Great book. Uh, so you've got good taste in reading, Marion. Uh, the first person through, uh, I'll hand the book and your t- your number over to the uh, to the front desk here at High FM. Uh, if the first person through has won a prize in the last three months. Whatever the conditions of the radio station are, then people who have entered the competition after that first person will then stand in line to win this beautiful, challenging, but very enjoyable in McEwen, classic McEwen, even though it's speculative fiction, machines like us. And it's signed by the author. Mm. And this prize is compliments of Penguin Random House.
0: Cool. Yeah, I don't even have one. <laughs>
1: um, right, so the next
0: one I'm going to go in. Uh, I just chucked this one in there. Uh, the book is a non-fiction book by Esther Wojcicki. Um, you probably have heard of her before. She's been affiliated. She's been called the, the godmother of Silicon Valley. Her daughter, Susan, is CEO of YouTube. Uh, her, her other daughter, Anne, is the founder and co-founder and now the CEO of 23 Me. And uh, her third daughter, Janet, is the uh, leading medical researcher at UC uh, SF. So uh, she's got very successful children. And uh, this book is a parenting book, but it's done in a really accessible, interesting way. And she has some really interesting philosophies on parents uh, for parents. So I think if you are a new parent, or even you know, if your kids are a little bit older, that's fine too. It's all about um, parenting and and the approach you can take um, that would get your kids to be eventually quite successful. So that book is called. How to Raise Successful People, Simple Lessons for Radical Results by Esther Wojcicki. Good book. Yeah. Um, is
1: that Has that been released yet? That's coming in uh, June as well. June, okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. Right, and then the next one, that I'm going to go off on my list, is a local author, uh, Lori Kubitsile. Uh, she did a book called The Scattering a while ago, which was a, a huge, huge book. And this one is called but Deliver Us from Evil, um, and it's a historical fiction Book. Our main character. Um, it's set in the uh, early, p- late parts of the 18th century, and our our main character has lost her father. He's been accused of being a witch, and they have uh, ceremoni- ceremoniously um, uh, killed him. So her mother and her get away from this village, and they go live in another village uh, far away from where they where they come from. And she meets another young woman who becomes her best friend. And as you go through the book, um, her her new Love a new boyfriend uh, also gets accused of being um, a witch, and they want to do the same to him. So the story is: Will he be saved, or will it be history repeating itself? It's a it's historical fiction by Laurie Cibicile, and she's the author of *The Scattering*. So that's a great one as well.
1: And we've got time for one more. Oh, and I know you on. did send it through one more lah by Amy Lloyd.
0: Good. Okay. Um, one More Lie by Amy Lloyd. She does these really good domestic thrillers. Uh, The Innocent Wife was one of them. We did that, I think, if, if it was not last year the year before, I forget. Uh, so this is also another one of those really good domestic thrillers about a woman who's trying to, um, you know, just get away from, get, get a fresh start and she can't seem to have that, um, and, and, and all that, w- that comes with that. So it's a really good domestic thriller. If you like that sort of genre, then Amy Lloyd One More Lie is for you.
1: Okay. You were very ambitious, but yeah. you... Also no also I got through most of it. Okay. All of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can go live in New York. You talk fast enough to be a New Yorker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These are great books from uh, Penguin Random House. Thank you for thank you, this prize that one of our lucky listeners has won. So from Where the Core Sing to Machines Like Us, someone will have a lot of reading to do over this weekend. And uh, for all of our listeners, I just want to say thank you to Penguin Random House, letting you come here. Mm-hmm. During your busy days. (laughs) And then to everybody, good Shabbos and keep reading.
0: Thank you, Steve.